Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today is going down right here. Welcome to Fantasy Sports Today right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dean Martinez and the King, Scott Angle, taking you through the next hour as we look back and react and analyze everything we saw yesterday for week 15, a huge week in the NFL as the playoff picture comes into focus and a huge week in season-long fantasy as many of you either have won or lost your semifinals or have something hanging in the balance in an NFC matchup with the Saints and the Panthers. We'll preview that in our last segment. But, Scotty, how are you feeling? How are your teams doing as we uh, finish up week 15 in the fantasy semifinals? Yeah, with 10 leagues made the playoffs in seven Made the quarterfinals in six. Uh, have already officially advanced to the Super Bowl in three. And I got two hanging in the balance for Monday night. Fair enough, Scotty. I uh, do not play in as many leagues as you. But I have two uh, semifinals that are still hanging in the balance. Two places where I can still win my league and win that cash. One of them looks uh, like I am a big favorite to advance to my championship. One of them <clears throat> looks like I'll need some work to do. I'm probably only a one in three chance in the other one. But I digress. Scotty, a lot of people who do advance to their fantasy championship next week may be without some of these guys. Keenan Allen with a hip. Lamar Miller with an ankle. Aaron Jones with a knee. Tyler Boyd with a knee. Frank Gore as well, although maybe you're not really starting him. But guys like Allen, Aaron Jones, Tyler Boyd, these are guys that – um, fantasy owners have been relying on for the better part of the season, and they may be, uh, you know, not available to them. Herman Edwards once said the greatest ability is availability. Yeah, but uh, some guys are just more injury-prone than others. And, you know, sometimes I watch certain guys, I'm like, I hope he doesn't get hurt because he, he's playing well. Like, like I was watching Chris Carson yesterday and, like, right. that spectacular touchdown run, and I'm like, uh, you know, I'm saying to myself, you know, I wish this guy would stay healthy for a full season. Even if he wasn't on my favorite team, I really enjoy watching the heck out of him. I enjoyed watching him yesterday as well. He was in my DFS lineup, and so that helped me. My DFS lineup, Scotty, had Chris Carson, Joe Mixon, and then flexing Dalvin Cook. So I was fine on my running backs yesterday, shall we say. But, Scotty, in the first hour, and by the way, quick programming note here. If you're tuning into FST or you're getting to FST here as a podcast, um, I want to let you guys know that we take it as a two-hour affair on Mondays and on Wednesdays, okay, to – uh, you know, preview everything. So last hour on Roto Experts in the Morning, we really dove into the AFC contenders and the games that were affecting them. So this, uh, this hour, you're going to be a little bit more focused on the NFC contenders and their games. But if you're, if you're interested in contenders like, you know, the Texans or the Ravens or the Colts or the Titans and what they did, make sure you uh, keep it locked and download uh, Roto Experts in the Morning as well. But let's get it started, Scott. I started the show last hour by saying, like, you know, 
People are trying to like just gift all these teams wins, thinking like, oh yeah, the Patriots are going to run the table. Oh yeah, the Chiefs are going to run the table. And everybody thought that with backup quarterback Nick Foles coming into Los Angeles, that the Rams were going to keep rolling. But no, the Philadelphia Eagles get a win 30-23. to um, Here's what I take out of this one, Scotty. Um, the Eagles are a fantasy herd. You know, the Eagles are a fantasy herd, and I say it all the time. That's actually a good thing for their actual professional football team. Like on the running back side, Adams has 15 carries. You saw Smallwood get involved. And I will say this, Scotty, I was talking about how Darren Spoles may get involved as well, and he absolutely did. But then in the past game, they were spreading it around, but it was Alshon Jeffrey who rewarded fantasy owners. Yeah, Jeffrey with a big night, uh, 50-yard uh 50-yard reception on a, on a jump ball as well. All of a sudden, he's woken up back in the last two weeks. And, uh, you know, he's pretty much like a wide receiver three type. And wide receiver three types have been unreliable. So if you can get one more good game out of him, it'll be a nice finish to the season for all Sean Jeffrey. Uh, you know, Adams did have a touchdown run, but then he left with an injury. And that kind of opened the door for Smallwood, which... I don't think if, uh, if Adams is going to miss any time. We've already seen Smallwood try to get the opportunity as a starter and really do any, not do anything with it. Uh, you know, disappointing night for Zach Ertz last night as well. Uh, you know, that's that's two in a row. Uh, but you know, what are you going to do? You can't bench the guy the following week. He's capable of bouncing back with with a big game. Uh, you know, Golden Tate was decent but not outstanding. You know, they, they won the game, and it was very impressive. Their, de- their defense played way better than anybody ex- would have expected last night. Yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you something. I'm trying to push, you know, what I said last week. Scotty, I was on Darren Sproles all last week, right? Now, listen, it's not like he's having any kind of huge game, but he did have 30, carry, uh, excuse me, 30 yards on the ground, including a nice 17-yard run. He was targeted four times in the past game. You mentioned that Adams got a little banged up and that Smallwood, you know, you know that he kind of is what he is. Um does Sproles have any viability? I mean, he got you something like seven or eight points, and it's clear he's a small piece of this offense that does more than people think. Like, they give him the ball inside as well. In seasonal, he's not going to be someone at all that I want to use in my fantasy championship. Uh, the workload's uncertain. Sure. You wonder if there's the same upside he has early in his career. It's just it's way too risky, you know, from a seasonal perspective. You want to take the gamble daily? You know, uh, we thought you thought the script was going to be that they play from behind and he catches right. some passes. Uh, you know, so you know, maybe maybe he's a daily punt next week, but from gotcha. seasonal, I can't see it at all. Would you rather uh, him or Jalen Richard, who you said similar things about in the last hour? I would ra- I would rather go with Jalen Richard because we've okay. seen it more frequently this season. All right, fair enough. Let me ask you: Are you concerned at all? You you alluded to that you can't. Like, what do you got to do? You got to run him out there. He is still one of the top two uh, tight ends in all of fantasy. Are you concerned at all about uh, Zach Ertz? This is now, as you mentioned, two weeks in a row where he's uh, underperformed. Uh, obviously, it's a concern, but I think it would be an overreaction if uh, you start asking me, uh, you know, next week, you know, who should I start between Evan Ingram and right. Zach Ertz? I, I think that'll be an overreaction. Yeah, you probably don't have anybody remotely near anywhere like that on your bench. Yeah, you got to dance with the one who brought you there, right? On some level, as it relates to Zach Ertz. Although that killed ask- a lot of people this past week, dancing oh, with sure. the one that brought you there. They got they got pulled out of the dance marathon. 
Yep, it did unfortunately happen to some, and I'm telling you right now, it will happen to some people next week as well. We just hope it's not you. Um, question. There was a point in time there towards the beginning of the third quarter, Scott, where I was very worried about the health of one Todd Gurley. But he comes back and winds up having a very good day for fantasy purposes. He gets two touchdowns on the ground, and you love the 10 catches for 76 yards he had through the air. So you will absolutely you know, take the 30, the 30 fantasy points that he gives you in PPR settings. But is that knee any kind of concern? Um. I, you're asking me for information I just don't have. Uh, it hasn't been reported that it's a concern. He came back in the game, uh, but then again, you know, we've seen instances where a guy comes back in the game and they feel it worse later. It's like we have to wait for the information to come out. It's I don't think I could speculate on that at all. All right, so we'll keep an eye out on that and everybody as we go along the week. Jared Goff spreading the ball around, though, Scotty. I mean, Gurley, 13 targets. Woods, 9 targets, 7 for 74. Josh Reynolds with 12 targets. And then, you know, Brandon Cook, 6 for 59. Gerald Everett getting involved as well. It all means that Jared Goff completed 35 balls for 339 yards. But two interceptions hurt him a little bit. His QBR was only at 25, even though he had 339 yards. Yards. How are you viewing Jared Goff these days? You know, it wasn't it wasn't a good game for Jared Goff. What, what was it about ten fantasy points total when you when you take away the inter, the interception points? So it yep. wasn't a good game for Goff. Uh, and next week he gets Arizona, which uh, then it, it, it came in third yesterday against opposing fantasy quarterbacks. But Matt Bryant did what he wanted to. With, with Jared Goff, the problem's always been he's capable of a huge game. But then you see last night is that. Todd Gurley can easily get the touchdowns, and he'll end up with nothing in the scoring column for you, and that's the problem with Jared Goff. But again, then again, it was a very disappointing week for a lot of fantasy quarterbacks. He was certainly in that boat, and I think uh, I think you got to give him at least a decent floor against Arizona next week because they they really need this game after after losing the last one. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they, they want to wrap up that home field. They, they they want they want to wrap up a bye. You know, they've already been knocked out of. You know the the the, the seed for the top perch. They got to stay ahead of the Bears now. So Jared Goff's got to come through in Week 16. Yeah, absolutely, and that's where I was going to go next to our next game, Scotty. I mean, you're absolutely right. The Rams have tripped up a little bit now, two weeks in a row, and they are now sitting only one game ahead of the Chicago Bears. And don't get it twisted. The Chicago Bears have the tiebreaker against them after that big effort last week on Sunday Night Football. So, you know... The, you know, images in your rearview mirror are closer than they appear, and those are bears <laughs> in your rearview mirror. They get a W, 24 to 17, kind of like retribution, and it had to feel good for the bears to win the NFC North against Aaron Rodgers, who was on the field. That's got to feel good for the Chicago Bears. They are now the NFC North champions. They are 10 and 4. They are one game back of the. Uh, you know, of the Rams and could have a bye if they keep it going. Um, let me ask you about uh, this team, though. Jordan Howard, Jordan Howard gets 60 yards on the ground and gets in the end zone. Here's what I want to ask you, Scott. As we get to December, as we get to, quote-unquote, tough playoff football in cities like Chicago, are we going to start to see more of an emergence of Jordan Howard coming back in just like cold winter Chicago football? I think that, I think that makes sense, too, but... 
you know, they also want to have offensive balance. And when you have a physical presence like that, a physical downhill presence like that, you got to use it. So uh, you know, Howard's going to continue to be part of the offense, but uh, with Tariq Cohen also in that backfield too. And sometimes they use them, uh, use them together. Uh, you know, you're not going to see the kind of workhorse, but he gives defenses a different kind of look, you know, than, than uh, say Tariq Cohen and, you know, gives the team a offensive balance. So you'll, you'll consider, continue to see him get his, like his 13 plus carries every week. Right, he got 19 carries yesterday, and he got into the end zone as well with 60 yards, right? So let's see. That's 12 points from just the ground. He did get you one catch for 15 yards as well. So listen, you'll take 14 and a half points out of Jordan Howard. Um, oh, yeah. Phone. You know, that yeah. might that might be the ceiling, but, you know, the floor could be nine points. So he's a, he's a viable flex. You know, he's not going to give you nothing in the passing game. The one for 14 is actually right. a bonus. Yeah, absolutely. But as we say, as the weather gets colder and as it starts, you may they may feed him a little bit more as a volume play, and he may get into the end zone like he did yesterday. Scott, I know we are approaching week 16, right? And I know, like, you know, most of your roster is pretty much solidified. But what if I told you that uh, there's a guy in this game who I think could be a legitimate waiver wire ad that could be someone you can literally potentially start next week or at least flex potentially next week in your fantasy championship, and I'd be okay with that. Someone who I think will be grabbed off the waiver wire. You know who I'm talking about, Scotty? Jamal Williams. That's right. Aaron Jones goes down with a knee injury. I'm hearing reports afterwards. Aaron Jones himself says that he thinks it's an MCL issue, which could be a multiple-week thing. And listen, if there's any problem now with any Green Bay Packers at 5-8-1 out of the playoffs, we may see a situation where Aaron Jones just gets, you know, shelved and put on IR for the last two weeks. Um, this could be Jamal Williams and not a whole lot else. He could be on the waiver wire. Scotty, if you lost say, an Aaron Jones, if you lost, say, a Lamar Miller or something like that, I think Jamal Williams is the first place to go ahead of someone like Kalen Balaj, right? He's going to be the top of my waiver wire this week. Yeah, there's, there's really not a lot of places to go in the waiver wire. Right. Hopefully, you know, in a lot of situations you couldn't, but if you, you were able to, like, roster him as a handcuff to Aaron Jones, you did a nice job because now you, didn't, you don't have to scramble to the waiver wire to get him. But, uh, you know, they're facing the Jets next week. Uh, you know, they, they, they should be able to run the ball effectively. Yeah. And I think they have to because Aaron Rodgers can't rely on anybody but Devontae Adams in the passing game. So, uh, you know, he knows Jamal Williams. He's familiar with him. So I think there's some flex appeal there for next week. Yeah, and not for nothing also, Scotty, Aaron Rodgers – looked like maybe he got re-aggravated something. He looked a little bit gimpy towards the end of that game as well. I know he's been battling all season long, and I know, as you always say, Scott, I don't, you don't have an answer on speculation, but towards the end of that game, he looked uh, like there was a little hitch in his giddy-up as well, Aaron Rodgers, I mean. Yeah, you know, and uh, they, their, their final playoff chances really flamed right. out. And they're done, uh, right. Yes, yesterday, so if, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play in Week 16 or Week 17, I wouldn't be surprised. Neither would I. But uh, so let me ask you, do you agree? I have Jamal Williams. Uh, to be honest, I have Jamal Williams and then Kalen Balaj, I think, as two running backs if you really needed to look. But I would put Williams over Balaj. Uh, do you agree? Oh, this is, again, under the assumption that there's like no Aaron Jones and on Miami's side, no Frank Gore. Would you put Williams over Balaj? And would both of those be kind of like viable waiver claims for you in your opinion? Yeah, I would think so. I would go with Williams because you know he's going to be the starting right. running back, the number one there. 
that's going to be clear. With Caleb Balaj, you don't know what the workload is like. Yep, absolutely. I agree. You know, so if you are scrumming around on the bottom of the barrel, those might be two names. I mean, Scotty, literally, uh, is there anybody else that you're thinking of? I know we'll, we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit more. I know on tomorrow's show when we talk about it, but like, are there any other guys maybe that you're interested in? Like, for example, if Lamar Miller is out, uh, what is it, Alfred Blue? Do they finally activate a guy yeah. like Deontay Foreman and finally dress him? What do we do in response of the Lamar Miller injury? Uh, they really do like Alfred Blue, but we don't know how Deontay Foreman's gonna gonna factor in. Eat into you know, that, the, right? Yeah, the problem is you don't want to use these guys coming off the waiver wire in your fantasy Super Bowl. But sure don't. Uh, you know, outside of say you know maybe nine running back, eight nine running backs, there's right. nobody that you can consistently count on. So you gotta you gotta pull these guys off a waiver still and consider them as a flex. You know, if, if you want to ask me next week, Jamal Williams or Cortland Sutton. That, that's something viable that people are facing in their fantasy Super Bowls. Yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you this as we go back to the Bears, a team that does still have a lot to play for. Scotty, listen, who, if any, of these pass catchers do you trust? Allen Robinson goes three for 54 on seven targets. Trey Burton also got seven targets, you know, and gets the touchdown. But at the same time, Adam Shaheen is in there. Like, there were times this year where Taylor Gabriel looked all right. You know, Tariq Cohen is still in the passing game. This is something of a herd. But are you trusting any of these guys in your fantasy Super Bowl? Like, for example, are you starting Allen Robinson as a wide receiver three or a flex in your fantasy Super Bowl? Uh, not with any sort of level of comfort. Right. Uh, you know, the the passing game has really started to decline. Uh, you know, Trubisky is just not looking as spectacular as he as he has earlier in the season. I think that's affecting everyone. You know, Allen Robinson has not scored in six consecutive games. And when you look at Mitchell Trubisky's game log recently, it's, uh, you know, even when he was healthy, like his last three starts, he has four touchdown passes. Uh, he's only thrown for 300 and... 45 yards the last two games. He had two sub-200-yard games in Week 11 and Week 14. So he's not trending in the right direction right now. Uh, you know, he's... Yeah. You, you look back to Week 9, it, it, you know, it's just like... Take out the two games missed, of course, but the game log hasn't been impressive. Can't be confident starting anybody but Tariq Cohen. Yeah, and remember, I even said that when he was coming back. I was like, I want to wait and see. Uh, you know, what Trubisky looks like on the return. And so uh, maybe some more time is needed for him to get back to full production. We'll be back to talk more NFC when we come back. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Don't believe me, just watch here on the Fantasy Sports Network. It's Dane Martinez and the King, Scott Angle. We're breaking down some of the NFC contenders and what they did yesterday to either, you know, maintain their status or fall a little bit by the wayside. We are in that point of the season where, uh, you know, to be quite honest, you know, every week the playoff picture comes a little bit more 
into focus. Scotty, I also want to let people know that if you're at the game or if you just got a gut feeling, it doesn't matter. You can bet from anywhere, anytime now with the all-new MyBookie mobile betting platform. With the MyBookie mobile betting platform, you'll enjoy the safety and convenience of at-home betting when you're on the go. Try it out today. You'll never miss another winning bet. Head on over to MyBookie.ag, open an account with the promo code FNTSY. MyBookie will match your deposit up to $1,000. Yeah, that's right, $1,000. That's MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code FNTSY. And Scotty, I'm telling you, I've been so into these prop bets over on MyBookie, the prop builder. I nailed it this week, okay? I nailed the prop builder tool on three different bets. On Thursday night, I had combined completions out of Phillip Rivers and Patty Mahomes. Took that one to the window. Yesterday, I had the over on Dalvin Cook's rushing yards because I liked what I saw out of him. Took that one to the window. And I also had a prop bet on Joe Mixon scoring because I was like, he's the only guy left for Cincinnati in that matchup against Oakland. I put in a prop bet for Joe Mixon, and boom, I hit. Took that one to the window. Scotty, next week, you and I are going to have to, it looks like, make a prop bet on the useless C.J. Uzuma. You with me? Yeah, we can go over under about 20 yards, yeah. Yeah, whatever it, well, that's the thing though, Scott, you don't want to set it that low if you're going under, because then that's a little bit of a tougher bet. We want to set the line then as like, you know, something a little bit better, get some cash, maybe 45, and then we go under that. Under 20 is tough. That's about the range for him, I'm thinking though. Okay, fair enough. Let's talk about something that I know will make you, uh, I don't think it'll make you happy, unfortunately, Scotty. Your Seahawks, they fall to 8-6. and six. They go to San Francisco. This is something you gave as a lock. You gave on Friday the Seattle Seahawks minus 3.5, and, and unfortunately it didn't happen for you, Scotty. Unfortunately, uh, you went winless in your picks this week, but that's okay. There are still two weeks left, but Seattle was one of them, Scotty, and uh, the 49ers in overtime get a 26 to 23 win. I want to ask you about first the San Francisco side. You know, there's not much here for fantasy, but what's up with their running back? Is this now a timeshare with Breida back healthy? He actually got 17 carries, Wilson only seven. Um, similar in terms of yards, but you think this is a timeshare with Breida being the lead dog like it used to be? Now that he's back? Yeah, I think he is the, the lead back. It's less of a time share. I'd say it's more 70-30 Brita. Uh, you know, he looked good running and catching the ball yesterday. Yep. Josh Wilson uh, had, a, had a fumble yesterday. You know, I think that's like the second time in three games. He did have a key run in overtime, but I feel like he's more of the change of pace guy. And you, you, can, uh, you can entertain using Brita as a flex going into your, your fantasy Super Bowl. He's running hard. Can you entertain Dante Pettis in your championship week lineup? Yeah, I mean, the guy's had five good games in a row now, I think, yeah. uh, where he's put up, like, double-digit fantasy PPR points. It's a tough matchup, though, next week, though, against Chicago. That is true. You know, though, however, one guy that I kind of believe is matchup proof, even though he only returned, you know, only eight uh, PPR points last week is George Kittle. He goes three for 51. But Scotty, he's he's at the point where he's a week to week and season long. At least you got to start him right at the top five tight end. Yeah, he was he was quiet in the second half again as uh, Seattle made an adjustment after halftime and, you know, really tried to take him out of the game. But Nick Mullen started going elsewhere with the football. 
Yeah, absolutely. Now let's talk about the team that is still in contention in the NFC, but did get a tough loss here. I'm talking about the Seattle Seahawks. They fall to eight and six, Scotty, are still the five seed, correct me if I'm wrong, in the NFC, still having a little bit of a working margin over the Minnesota Vikings, who they beat on Monday night. So they're still sitting there in the five. Chris Carson continues to deliver, though, Scotty. 22 carries, 119 yards. He gets into the end zone. He also catches six balls. So you got to love the fact that what does he get for you? He got, oh, I don't know, Scotty, what, like 26, 27 PPR points? So you'll take that, Chris Carson. And also, there was no Rashad Penny in this one. Um, do you still think Carson is just a, a rock-solid kind of RB2, even if Penny comes back, even if it becomes something of a committee? Because, you know, Davis is in there. We even saw a J.D. McKiss exciting yesterday. Yeah, uh, you know, he's clearly the lead back. It's like he's not going to get every single carry. Right. Uh, Mike Davis pretty much played the Penny role yesterday, and, uh, you know, him and Penny will mix in with more of Penny when Penny's healthy. But Chris Carson is the one who's going to get, like, 15 to 18 carries pretty much every week, and not only is he physical, but, you know, he was also running well on the perimeter. Uh, he was running around people. He was running past people. You know, he's, he's he's really settling into a groove right now as, uh, you know, as the as the stretch run hits. Uh, would really help fantasy players yesterday. But on ESPN yesterday, uh, Chris Carson was the seventh most productive fantasy player in ESPN standard scoring with 26.8 points. And uh, when I spoke to him in Seattle two weeks ago, you know, he told me about his physical style. He said, I just want to make the defense feel me. And uh, he also said that it's important to him that he helps the fantasy players who rely on him, especially at this time of year. Oh, that's awesome. Someone's actually riding for you as a fantasy owner. And, you know, you're absolutely right, Scott. His style is one. You know, I think about other kind of big old backs that I've seen in the past, you know, where, like, it wears on you over time, you know. And it's okay with the Seattle Seahawks if, if in the first quarter you're getting a lot of three yards, two yards, three yards, four yards, one yard, two yard, because those same runs in the third and fourth quarter start becoming eight yard, 11 yard, seven yard runs. And that's the way the Seattle Seahawks, it seems like. Like want to play, becoming more of a run-heavy team, right, Scotty? Yeah, and, and that was uh, you know they've been the number one team in rush, average rushing yardage all year long. They've gotten yep. back to what they've done between 2012, 2015. You know he's not built hulking like you know some of these more physical backs. You know he's more of a taller guy, but that that's just his style. And his touchdown run yesterday was just a you know it was a really a picture of incredible effort. Yeah, it absolutely was. You thought he got stopped. There were even 49ers that were in the scrum that were celebrating, thought he was, thought he was stopped. And then with the extra effort and the lunge, he, in fact, got over for his touchdown. To your point, Scotty, the Seahawks as a team ran for 168 yards, although, unfortunately, they did not get the W. Scotty, I've been asking you for a few weeks. Like, you know, I've been on the position that you can't really trust the Seattle pass catchers because they want to run so much, right? I was saying that Tyler Lockett was kind of dependent on that 45-yard touchdown pass, and it didn't come yesterday, Scott. So Lockett, only two for 45, that's kind of the boomer bust with some of these big play receivers in a, in a run-heavy offense, Scott, right? Tyler Lockett, for most of the year, he's been touchdown dependent in a good way. And get when you it, say right. touchdown dependent, it's usually... A negative, but you're still right. talking about a guy who's caught nine TD passes in 13 games. Uh, you know, yesterday he had two catches early, and they put the clamps on him, but they, uh, that opened up things for Doug Baldwin again in yep. secondary. 
that consistently has a lot of holes. And Doug Baldwin, with two touchdown receptions, uh, even though he's not looking as healthy as as you want him to, though, you know he is scoring consistently, and they do have the Chiefs next week. Coming into the season, people were thinking maybe he was a back-end wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two, but I think you could certainly plug him in as a wide receiver three next week. Sure. Uh, you know, he. it looks like he's getting back a little bit more healthy. Um, next week, though, correct me if I'm wrong, the Seattle Seahawks have a big-time matchup, right, Scotty? Uh, they have Kansas City coming to town? Yeah, I just said that, yeah. So, so you should certainly you can certainly roll him. Roll him out there, I think, as a wide receiver three, which consistently, as, he, as he's been scoring recently, when he's been available. He didn't look 100% yesterday, but, uh, you know, he was finding the soft spots in the defense, and, you know, he's been getting consistently open in goal line situations. That's what Doug Baldwin does. He gets himself open. Uh, so we'll see. As long as he's healthy, he's someone that you could kind of put on in there. He got two touchdowns yesterday. Scotty, one game uh, also in the NFC between non-contending teams. You know, uh, the Atlanta Falcons back at home. They get a win 40-14 to against the Arizona Cardinals. Now, listen, Scotty, I, you know, going into this game, I said I thought the Falcons would get back on the good foot now that they were back at home. And I you know, and they kind of did. First of all, let's start with Tevin Coleman, who has not one but two big long runs. He finishes with only 11 carries, but 145 yards and a touchdown. I think he even had another long touchdown run called yeah, he back had a 44 by yard wiped out. Yeah, yeah, called back by penalty. But you like this if you were flexing a guy like Tevin Coleman. The interesting part to me, though, Scotty, is that he does this on 11 carries. Edo Smith had nine carries. So, do you expect this balance of uh, touches to still kind of be split moving forward, or do you think they give Tevin Coleman more looks next week? I don't think so. Edo uh, Smith had like suffered a knee injury late in the week, and I think he came out of this game at another point too yesterday. Okay. Before that, the previous two games, uh, he was starting to touch Tevin Coleman. It was just a, a, a matchup that Coleman took advantage of. Coleman's probably not going to be with the Falcons, and Dan Quinn has already said right. he wants to give younger guys a look. Edo Smith just wasn't healthy yesterday. All right, and then talk to me about our guy, Julio. Uh, Scott, he gets in the end zone yet again. It looks like that, that streak of him never being able to score is now like a thing of the past. He's been hot, scoring touchdowns a lot in his last, what, month, month and a half. He's, he scored as many touchdowns as anybody. Yeah, it's interesting because in his first seven games, no touchdowns. In his last, uh, in his last seven games, uh, he's got six touchdowns. So you know, it's been a tale of two seasons for Julio, and uh, you know, just a great, great catch and a perfect throw by Matt Ryan yesterday. And uh, they got Carolina coming up and uh, Tampa Bay, so Julio's going to finish strong. Yep, you got to figure so. Uh, just to check on something we've been looking at all season long, Scotty, Calvin Ridley goes five catches, 42 yards. Mohamed Sanu goes three catches for 30 yards. Austin Hooper was not involved in the plans yesterday. Scotty, to check on it, no, it's going to be was, close. He was playing hurt. He was playing hurt yesterday. It's going to so be close, Scotty. I wasn't, expecting, I wasn't expecting nothing from Hooper yesterday. With two games left, your boy Calvin Ridley's out in front. But as we talked about Sanu and Hooper, that has really tightened up, Scotty. Uh, fantasy points, Austin Hooper for the season, 145. Mohamed Sanu, 141 with two weeks left to play. It is very, very close in that effort. Let's look real quick on the other side. I will of say one thing about all three of them. I don't want to start any of them. 
Yes, I agree with you. Um, I would not be starting any of them these days. There was a little bit of a stretch. There was a stretch for about, I don't know, three weeks in there where Calvin Ridley was, in fact, startable, I would say. But that was a fleeting month or so in the middle of the season. Right, Scotty? That was actually fleeting like four weeks at the beginning of the season. Yeah, four weeks is about a month, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so on the Arizona side of things, let me ask you something, Scotty. Uh, can we just can we just as a I don't know if I want to say as an industry or as a as a as a um, as a sport, can we just tip our cap to Larry Fitzgerald for God's sakes? Um, you know, he's on a three and eleven team professional the whole way you don't hear about him like you hear about other people he was banged up at points of the year another seven for 82 the man just continues you know like the man just continues to do his thing with his hall of fame career you don't think about it but in this season that he's you know hasn't really done well he is still something like wide out you know like he's the top 35 wide out he still has five touchdowns he's going to finish with 70 catches 800 yards he puts forth another decent effort yesterday seven for 82 for larry fitzgerald yeah uh you know but he hasn't really been uh he's been he's been okay the last few weeks he's got double figure performances in in three of three of his uh actually four of his last five uh, you know, and he racked it up a little bit in garbage time. But once again, like Larry Fitzgerald has done for much of his career, he's dealing with quarterback issues, you know, that that's holding him down. So, yeah. you know, that's that's something to consider. But I, I think everybody knows that the respect that Larry Fitzgerald gets and if he's going to retire, the tremendous respect that he's going to get. The biggest thing about Larry Fitzgerald is so many so many receivers around the league are like divas shooting their exactly. mouth off. And Larry Fitzgerald has never been one of those. That's right. He's going to have a gold jacket five years after he hangs them up. He, is he did trash talk me once, though. Well, you probably deserved it, Scott. I don't know what to tell you. Um, he did. No, however... it was a quick, quick story. I was in an Go event ahead. with him, and uh, I was checking my phone, and I had a Seahawks uh, screensaver. And he looked at my phone. He goes, I don't like your screensaver. Well, there you go. I mean, you know, he's got to ride with his squad. Just as a check, yep. right now, Larry Fitzgerald in PPR format is wide receiver 29 for the entire season. You know, so, like, he's a wide receiver three, and he still has Exactly, been, you know, with the numbers that it's the numbers indicate exactly what he is. Yeah. Talk to me real quick. Um, I didn't see much of this game, Scotty, I must admit. Talk to me about how Mike Glennon got in there. Um, you know, for throwing 111 yards. Was Rosen injured, or is this just like no, Atlanta was point, so far ahead the and they were was, just like, it's not your day today? Yeah. It was, it was so far ahead. Rosen was not playing well. Yeah. He was playing awful. So, he was. You know, 12 of 13. It, it, it was garbage time. There was extensive garbage time at this point. I think it was like 40 to 7, like towards the end of the third quarter. Yeah, it certainly was. Um, you know, it was 33 to 7 after the end of the third quarter. Josh Rosen with a QBR of 3.7 in this one. So clearly not necessarily his day. There'll be better days ahead. What do you think about this? What are the Cardinals going to look like next year? Because this is a team now, Scotty, who may have a top five draft pick, just like we predicted at the beginning of the year. They will not be drafting a quarterback. They do not need a running back, clearly, right? Fitzgerald may move on. We'll see. But, you know, they got the kid Christian Kirk, who they like, who's on IR. They have a young tight end in Ricky Seals-Jones. Are they just going to pound the defensive part? Are they just going to try to address defense in the offseason and maybe try to just keep on growing their young players like Rosen, Kirk, and David Johnson? Like, they, they have something there, but they need to really address the defensive side of the ball. Right, Scotty? 
They do, but I think they need to dress things on offense too because you got a lot of young receivers and, uh, be, you know, they really haven't. You know, Kirk was injured. He was showing something. Will Larry Fitzgerald be back? You know, they might. I don't know. They, 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 need to, they need to add more dynamic playmakers. You know, I think the offensive line's an issue. They, they have a lot of things to address. Yep, but let's not forget, they do have a potential all-pro running back in their backfield. And it does look like, honestly, Scott, I will say this, it does look like he's been a lot better now that Byron Leftwich is the offensive coordinator. I know that they were in a game script problem yesterday, and he only got 33 yards on the ground, but he does get a touchdown, right? So that gives you about 10 points just from the ground. And then three catches for 68 yards. So David Johnson winds up with 19 fantasy points, even when his team is getting killed. I think there's going to be some value in David Johnson as a first-round draft pick next year in fantasy. Yeah, he's had a disappointing year, right. but he hasn't been a complete bust. So that there's the potential for that, but it, it really depends between now and then what they do to improve the offense around him. Sure, I hear that, but couldn't you still see David Johnson being kind of undervalued going into drafts next year because he was uh, a, something of a disappointment for most of the year? But like... You know, I could see him being slotted as like running back nine or ten, and really being running back five or six. You know, something like that. I don't think I, I don't think I could see that. I think it'd be more slotted like around running back twelve. And really, I, I, I think was a top three running, running back last year. Yeah, but but you know that's that's assuming that he could be top five again, and I don't know if I can anywhere remotely predict that based on what I saw this year. If they don't prove the offense around him, you know, I don't think we can count on him producing just because he has a huge workload. All right, well, we have months to discuss it, and we will. But when we come back, we talk much more short-term. we got to look at Monday Night Football, Saints and Panthers. Come on right back. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back. Roto Experts in the Morning. Not Roto Experts in the Morning. It evolves into fantasy sports today because on Monday and Wednesday, we take the two hours to look back and look ahead. So if you are listening now to fantasy sports today, don't forget about Roto Experts in the Morning. Scott and I hold it down 7 to 9 a.m. on those two days of the week. But Scott, what I want to let people know is if they want to be the next DFS legend, they need to try DailyRoto.com for free this holiday season. That's right. It's free advice from Fantasy Pros, free NBA projections for DFS, free optimizer access, and free everything you need to dominate DFS basketball this holiday season. Stuff your stockings with cold, hard cash and get free access to Daily Roto with the promo card DR Holidays to access your free trial. That's dailyroto.com. The promo code is DR Holidays. All right, Scotty. Um, listen, we've had a lot of big playoff matchups, and to be quite honest, everybody was like, oh, the Chiefs are definitely going to win a tough matchup. 
Nah, they didn't. Uh, the Rams are definitely going to win. They didn't. The Patriots are looking great, and the Steelers are looking bad. Nope. So I then, with that context, Scotty, I draw your attention to Monday Night Football tonight, where, you know, the New Orleans Saints, who are one of these teams that everybody really thinks is going to be playing deep into January and February, and they got a little bit of help from the Philadelphia Eagles, because now, if the Saints do, in fact, go into Carolina, a division opponent who they got to play twice in the last two weeks and that Carolina is still, you know, up for grabs here. I don't think this is a fait accompli. I don't think this is one where they're just going to run away with this. This is outdoors in Carolina, division opponent, and we have seen this. This is very similar to me, Scott, as like the Chiefs and Chargers game. You know, the Panthers are a team that's pissed off on a losing streak. They're fighting for their lives, and I don't think this is just like a uh, mark it down, assume the Saints role in this one. What do you think, Scott? Well, the divisional games, you know, like we saw yeah. yesterday with Seattle and San Francisco, you can never assume anything with a divisional game. And uh, they're always tied, especially later in the year. That said, that narrative that you've been talking about with, uh, with the Panthers is, you know, they're pissed off, you know, they need to win a game. I think we've heard that for about three to four weeks now. And, you know, what is, what is the state of the Panthers right now? I, I don't think anybody really knows that's not inside that room because – you figured they'd be pissed off for about three weeks right now. But it is is a divisional game. It is a must-win. So you figure that there is the potential for that impetus to be there. But I don't think we can assume it either. Okay, we can't assume it. Um, the Saints, Scotty, are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, you lay in six-and-a-half on the road with the Saints? Uh, I don't think the Saints play as well on the road, so... I'm going to take the Panthers. I would not Plus, be surprised if this is a lower-scoring game, actually. You know, the, and the, the over-under in this one is in like 51-52. You take the yeah, under? Yeah, the Saints have been playing really good defense recently. But, uh, you know, what can they do offensively? Look, watching Carolina last week, you know, they're very prone to giving up big plays. But, you know, this Carol- the Saints have kind of morphed to back to what they were last year, you know, running the ball, playing defense. Can they hit a lot of big plays? Like, this, this team is vulnerable to giving up the big plays, but can they hit them? I'm not sure. You know, they, I think they like to move the ball more high percentage-wise. Yeah, I, I hear you. The total in this game, as I see it right now, Scotty, is right around 50 or 51, depending on the shop that you're in. And that's pretty high. And I agree with you. The Saints outdoors, not necessarily the same offense. The Panthers haven't really been doing it offensively, and that Saints defense is there. I've promised you and all my listeners and the Stats Overbeat Cypher that I promised I would never bet another under here in the NFL in 2018. But I sort of think that could be the way it leans. Are you in agreement, Scott? If the total's at 51, is that a little bit too rich for your blood? Consider that the uh, Saints have not given up more than 17 points in any of their previous five games. Mm. So it sounds like you are on Panthers plus six and a half and the under. Is that correct? Yep. I think I'm on Panthers plus six and a half as well, and I'm not touching the over-under. But I I think the Panthers – listen – I could very easily see the Saints winning this game, 
okay? But because it is a division matchup and six and a half is a lot, I can see either the back door being open or it being a kind of nip and tuck game. Give me something like 27-21. That falls within the, you know, that falls within the point spread, and that's just under uh, the 50 points as well. I think you and I see this kind of similarly, a little bit of a lower scoring game than the total, and probably a back and forth kind of tight game, uh, tight enough that we'll take the six and a half points. Is that correct, Scotty? Yeah, this is a team that, like, I've, I've just illustrated how good they've played defensively recently. And if they can somewhat limit the upside of Christian McCaffrey, how else can the Panthers really beat them? They they, they really don't have anything else to beat little them. DJ Moore, or you think Lattimore is covering that? little Curtis Samuel end around yeah, Latim- Lattimore and like Apple that. have Lattimore and Apple have been playing well recently. You know this. I think defensively, you know, this team can match up well and you know devote some extra attention to Chris, Christian McCaffrey here and kind of keep the score down. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this, Scotty, because listen, I want I, I want you to start to enjoy the props builder tool over at my bookie with me, okay? So in this game, okay. we could set props for Breeze, Cam, Ingram, Kamara, McCaffrey, Michael Thomas, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Ian Thomas. Do you feel uh, that either of those, any of those guys, who do you think is going to have a good game, Scotty? Who do you like tonight? In let's say for your context, let's say it was like who do you think might represent like a DFS value, or who do you think is going to have a good game better than their projections today? Let's play. Let's play this out in the last four minutes we have. Who do you like tonight? Well, who do you really like tonight to have like, a good game? I think Ian, uh, it's hard to say anybody on on the uh, on the Carolina side of the ball. I but mean, like Ian, Ian Thomas, Thomas uh, just like. I wanted to after what I saw last week, but the the Saints have been really, really good against tight ends. So, so let's say let's say Ian Thomas though. Would you want to talk about his receiving yards, his receptions, or TDs? Like we can do whatever we want here, Scott. Receiving yards. Um. See, on the other side, it's I kind of like to do it with Breeze because I don't think you you know exactly what you're going to get from Breeze tonight. Okay, so with Breeze, let's do that. Let's add Breeze. So what are you talking, are you look, talking at about? Breeze, look at Breeze the last yards, three completions. Games. Okay, so what do you want to bet on? Last his three... yards, his completions, his TDs? What do you want to bet on? Well, when you look at the last three games, 171, 127, 201, and one of those games was home and two of them on the road, two of them on the road and only one touchdown pass in each of his last two games, you know, I think it might be interesting to do a prop bet for the yardage. Okay, so Drew Brees' is passing yards? Is that what we're saying, maybe? Yeah. Okay, so talk to me. Uh, talk to me. We could set it at literally any, literally any yardage we want, Scotty. Uh, what I'm do gonna you say, think? I'm going to say 250. Okay, so let, let, let's do that. Okay, let's do Drew Brees, right? Let's do Drew Brees. Let's do his passing yards, right? And here's the thing, Scotty. If you, want, you say he's going to go over 250 or under 250. I I say he's going to go over. All right, he's not going to crack three hundred. If you go over two fifty, that's not that big of a bet. You know what I mean? Because that that's returning a minus four forty four fifty five. Because that's really conservative. You know what I mean, Scott? Like that's a low total for him to hop over. So if you want Drew Brees over two hundred fifty yards tonight, you'll return back a minus four fifty five, which ain't going to make him much money. If you go to three hundred, it drops Scotty all the way down to minus one twenty eight. And that you can make a little bit of money. If we went 275 and split the difference, that's a minus 235 bet. That's pretty interesting. But we can also, for all of these, Scott, just go under as well. That's the beauty of the prop builder tool. They can, so you, you think, can set it at 300 and go under. 
We can. We could do that exact thing. And it sounds like that is a little bit where you may want to go, Scotty. So what I'm looking at, Drew Brees, under 301 yards. How about that? Under 301. We can get that, Scotty, at plus, as a plus bet. We can get that as like a plus like 130 bet. I do bet. that. I do you that. You want to do that? He had 201 yards against Tampa Bay last week. Interesting. Okay, so let's think about this. We are going... Uh, passing yards under 300, it sounds like, Scotty. Um, I like what you're doing here. Is that that's going to be our bet for the match, for the game tonight? That'll be our bet, yeah. All right, so I like that. We need Drew Brees to underperform, and you know what? That coincides for me because I am facing Drew Brees in a semifinal right now. I am up by so 44 points, so maybe we're just being consistent here, Scotty, and we need Drew Brees to not do a whole lot for us to win this prop bet and for us to advance in certain leagues all the way to our championship round. Scotty, I hope you have uh, – you know, I wish you all the best of luck in those matchups, my friend, as you move along. But to recap, we like the Panthers plus six and a half in a close game. We like it to be a lower scoring game. And we think that Drew Brees, after recent form and him being outdoors, uh, we don't think he's going to hit that 300-yard plateau. No, I don't think so. Not okay. outdoors. last two road games haven't been good in terms of yardage. Okay. Uh, tell me about this, though. Scotty, you do think that outright – the Saints win this game and wind up taking control of the number one seed in the NFC. I mean, if they win this game, right, Scotty, they go to what, uh, 12 and two. Is that correct? Um, yep. And they would be one full game and a tiebreaker ahead of the Los Angeles Rams with only two to play. They'd be sitting pretty for the N NFC playoffs to go through New Orleans, which is a daunting task for anybody. Yeah, they've lost one game since week one. They, they're certainly looking like the best team in the league. Yep, so uh, if anybody's got to go through the dome, it could be a problem. Tune in tonight, Monday Night Football. We'll talk about it tomorrow on Roto Experts. And then Mike Blewett will be back for FST. Have a great fantasy day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Fantasy Sports.